Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Good afternoon. My name is Anthony Weiner. Welcome to Left vs. Right on 77 WABC Radio. It is great to have you along. I am uh, speaking to you from the left of Right vs. Left. Curtis Lee will be coming in at the 3 o'clock hour to represent the right. As I've said many times on this program, I think we have to come up with a new name. Curtis and I are going to talk about that a little bit later. We're also, a little later, going to go into a little deeper dive of some of the heavy news today on the economic front. We're going to talk about inflation and talk about the shortage of baby formula that is now really have the country in its grips. Um, I'm really grateful to be here with you. I'm feeling a lot of gratitude in general right now. Uh, This has been a a nice day. Jordan and I, my 10-year-old son, took him to play hockey this morning, got a chance to watch him. He has been obsessed with watching YouTube videos of trick shots, and so he was trying them today on the ice, and I think I got one on video. And then a little later... We're going to sit down and watch some hockey. I, you know, I'm a hockey fan. I think I mentioned that to you guys before. I know that's a little bit of a niche sport, but a lot of New Yorkers are paying attention to it now because the Rangers advanced to a Game 7 in rather dramatic fashion yesterday. I come from behind. Come from behind win on a goal that, frankly, I think I would have stopped in my men's league. Um, but spending some time with Jordan, his mom is away. Uh, Huma, my former wife, is away. She's promoting her book, and so we have some time together. We're going to get a chance to watch three Game 7's today, two Game 7's tomorrow. That's the first time that's happened in the NHL playoffs, I think, since uh, 1992 when there were six Game 7's in one round. Um, It's also kind of a propitious day for me personally that has me feeling a good deal of gratitude. At 12.01 midnight last night, I was officially completed my three-year probation that went along with my 21-month sentence. Uh, I served, for those of you who don't know my story, I served a sentence for a federal obscenity crime um, and uh, pleaded guilty to it, accepted responsibility. It Ultimately, that was not my bottom. I had hit my bottom before that, but um, I have, uh, I have you know, a, a sense of gratitude for the process. I also have a sense of respect for the probation process. You know, for the last three years since I've left prison, I have had to get permission to leave the New York City area. I've had to report um, regularly where I was. I had to be subject to regular visits by my probation officer, and and it really, I, 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 I'm in the, I was in the federal system, so I wonder why the city and state systems are not similar, because under the system that I was under, it's very, it's not impossible to recidivist. It happens all the time, but when you're on supervision, if it's going, if it's being done right, and I give a, a lot of credit to the supervisory system that I got a chance to observe, unfortunately, right up close. Um, it really does keep you on the straight and narrow. That was uh, three years. Ended last night at midnight. I served 21-month sentence is what the sentence was. They don't. You, there's no early release anymore, and there's no parole anymore, per se, in the federal system. What they do now is they give you 10% automatically off for good, good behavior, essentially. And then as you go through your term in prison – if you misbehave, you lose those days. And so I served 18 months and five days in a, in a prison in Massachusetts and then three months in a halfway house up in the Bronx. So I'm feeling very grateful now to get to be with my son. I was with – my son is basically a, the, the alpha parent while my wife, when she was working for Hillary Clinton, was away a lot on the campaign trail. She's an amazing mom but was traveling a lot. And then when I went away to prison, it really was very difficult for Jordan, difficult for me obviously. And so I'm feeling a lot of gratitude that I get to spend today with him 
And also a lot of gratitude to be on the air with all of you. This, these are like some tough times we're going through, and I get a chance to to hear a little bit about what you have to say. I want you to be a part of this conversation. The show doesn't really work without you. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I'll also give you my email address and my Twitter handle, although I don't manage them myself anymore for reasons, if you know my history, Anthony Weiner at AOL.com and at Rep Weiner is my Twitter account. And there's an enormous amount of news this week on the economic front and none of it very good. The stock market is getting hammered. Inflation numbers came out again on Monday and they were up a slower pace than they were the previous month, but that's still not good. Inflation is still too high. And what has made it even more scary is this shortage that has emerged of baby formula. And I've been listening to a lot of the commentary here on, on the station, and the station's doing remarkably well. And under John Katzenmatidis' leadership, it has grown to be one of the top stations in the entire city and is also one of the uh, most powerful uh, radio stations in the entire country. So it's doing well. There's a lot of conversation, and, and there is a tendency, particularly because we're getting close to midterm elections, to point where blame is and hopefully make sure that whatever goes wrong right now, someone gets blamed for it. And one of the things that that this station has focused on more and more, and one of the reasons why I've joined the team here, at least as a guest for a while, is to bring a little common sense to the discussion. Like, yeah, there are some things that very clearly government there's a government matrix. There are mistakes that get made. But I think that if you're going to find some common sense about what's going on with the shortage of baby formula, um, it's really hard to find what you think government should or should not done differently if we believe in a capitalist kind of based economy that we have today. And I certainly do. Um, like there are shortages right now of lots of things. There are ports that are struggling because of COVID getting enough manpower at the ports. There are staff shortages all over and we have uh, a, a a baby food business that when you have a disruption, it can be very bad. And the reason is that formula is very, very predictable as a product. The companies know how much it's going to be consumed from month to month, from day to day, from year to year. And a good company is producing exactly what how much they need so they don't have a lot retained in inventory, especially when it's a perishable, a perishable product. So when there's any kind of disruption in that kind of a business – it can be, well, disrupting. It can be difficult. And in this case, Abbott Labs closed up their plant in Michigan, um, and it became a real problem. They didn't close it up just for any old reason, and they didn't close it up just because for the heck of it. They closed it because at least four babies got sick and at least two died um, in what uh, at least the Food and Drug Administration and Abbott eventually came to believe might have been related to their products. Um, and normally that would not be a colossal problem, except a grand total of three companies represent 94% of the entire baby formula business. Abbott, Gerber, and Ricklet, that's almost the entire business. And that concentration happens because concentration is good for business. Concentration means that you can command higher prices, and concentration also means that you can demand lower wages because there are fewer places for workers to go and fewer places for consumers to go. So so that's capitalism working if you think it's working. Now, I believe that there should be hedges on those things. I believe strong labor unions help to keep wages up. I believe more competition would make for um, – for, I think competition would be good. Now, you can argue if you want to point fingers. You can say, well, maybe – the federal government should have done more under Donald Trump, under Joe Biden, under Bill Clinton, under the president's proceeded to bring antitrust actions against these companies to figure out a way to break them up. And so when people say today to Joe Biden, you should have done something. Why didn't you anticipate it? I guess it's reasonable that to say that maybe what you should have done is try to break up this oligopoly, which exists um, or duopoly of these three companies controlling it. But when you lose product from one-third of that, um, and Abbott is about 40% of that, those three companies, when you when you lose that, you're going to have shortages. And it's not going to be because government did something or didn't do something. It's because that's the way capitalism worked out. Now, there are instances that government has done things that you can argue make this worse, but it's not the way, it doesn't break down in the political way that you think. It comes down to 
bureaucracy and rulemaking that has made it difficult for products to be brought into our country from Europe, for example, which has, by the way, higher standards on baby formula than we do. So if you hear rulemaking, big bureaucracy, okay, so that's obviously the language that Republicans use to attack Democrats. But in the case of this industry, it's the other way around. The bureaucracy and the labeling and the things are to protect these companies. These big businesses lobby for more of these regulations because they know it will make it less likely that anyone will come in to compete with them from overseas. So in the cases of complaining, who do you want to blame? Actually, the rules that are getting made that make this very difficult, labeling standards and the like, it is not only Democrats. I'm not saying that there are no Democrats who believe in those things, but it's also Republicans basically doing a lot of the bidding for these companies. This is the same as the pharmaceutical industry. There are many ways to make to make it better for consumers by allowing products to more easily be, it be imported here. And it is usually Republicans who say, no, don't do that. That's not safe because they want to protect these companies. These companies like it this way. Those three companies that I mentioned, Abbott, Gerber, Record, they like the status quo as it exists. So if you say, well, Joe Biden, you should do something about it. Yeah, one of the things that we can do and one of the things that they are looking at is how they take some of these regulations and make them more consistent and more friendly to consumers, even if it means competition for our for our companies. Now, this is a two-edged sword. Both Joe Biden and Donald Trump have done things policy-wise on the Buy America front that have made it more difficult for us to solve this problem. But again, this is this is capitalism. Maybe capitalism gone too far, maybe not far enough. That's entirely um, up to your perspective. But this whole idea of Joe Biden do something, well, does that mean make it easier to import these products, even though these big companies and a lot of their allies in Congress don't want that to happen? And there's one other thing. And before I go to it, let me just repeat the phone number, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We're going to talk a little about this And then when Curtis comes in at the top of hour, he's got some interesting things to talk about, including why you may need to bring your own sand to the beach of some parts of New York this summer. And also uh, an op-ed that he wrote uh, that I disagree with in some cases on um, how do you bring down crime in New York. But for now, we're we're just talking about the economy. We're talking a little bit about this this baby formula shortage. And the final thing I want to say about this when people say, well, you should do something about it or Joe Biden, how come you didn't do anything about it? Look, the fact of the matter is our policy in this country is that we devote a lot of lot of money to preventing senior citizens from becoming poor and for helping out kids who are poor. And we have Social Security. I'm a big supporter of that. Medicare. I'm one of the forefront of, of defending that when I was in Congress. These are programs that have made it such that with because of their successes, we have relatively few seniors that are poor in this country, only about 14 percent. We don't make the similar effort to take care of kids. And why do I mention that in this context? Well, I mention that in this context is that, you know, when you have poor families that may need to have access to um, to this formula, part of the way we do it is through the WIC program, women, infants and, and, and children. And even that is an instance where we enter into states, provide those services, and they enter into contracts with these big baby formula companies that are sometimes not in the best interest of either the people getting the service, the states, but they always wind up being in the best interests of these big companies. So here we are, we're in a situation that we have a crisis, and this is frequently how it is that we start to focus on these kind of imperfections in our allegiance to all-purpose capitalism. I think most Americans are somewhere in the common sense middle, like John Cancipatidis talks about that capitalism works, but capitalism needs to have guardrails. It needs to have regulations to make sure the companies don't get so big. It needs to have standards to make sure that if something goes wrong with that product, not only can it be removed from the marketplace, but it doesn't create um, a shortage that, that makes it so that people have to go out and, 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 and try to, to find out how to manage without. And we also have to recognize that we need sometimes government programs to backstop bureaucracies uh, uh, to backstop um, uh, uh, companies with something resembling a bureaucracy, and we have to find the middle ground. And the one final thing to kind of keep in, keep in mind here, as people say, well, it's Joe Biden's fault or it's someone else's fault. Look, a lot of the solution here is going to be more government. 
It's basically people on the right, Republicans in Congress, saying, hey, Joe Biden, come in and do something. Well, what does Joe Biden do? Joe Biden runs the federal bureaucracy. No one right now is saying, boy, I wish we had less government uh, less government control or less government bureaucracy around this. In many cases, people are saying they want more. Now, sometimes they are saying, yes, maybe we shouldn't have these labeling restrictions and, and whatnot. But that's the conflict here. I know we have this affinity and we do it here. We're an opinion radio here. It's very nice to be able to say that guy did it, that party did it, this guy got it wrong. But in this case, this is capitalism. Sometimes it's imperfect. Sometimes it needs an adjustment period. And that's true with other parts of the economy like inflation, which we'll talk about a little bit as well. This is Left versus Right. I'm Anthony Weiner. So pleased to have you with us. We're talking about the economy today. We're talking about crime a little bit later. Curtis Lee will be here at the top of the hour. This is Left versus Right on 77 WABC Talk Radio. See you on the other side. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Welcome back to Left versus Right. I'm Anthony Weiner. Elvis Costello bringing us in. We were having a conversation a little bit earlier here at the studio about what makes a good music bumper for a talk radio station. It's got to have some energy. It's got to have a little bit of a message. But I'm not sure. I'm still learning as I go. This first hour, I'll be here with you on my own, on my lonesome, with the great gang on the other side of the glass. And then Curtis comes in at the 3 o'clock hour. We're talking about some of the tremors in the economy right now and uh, one that really hits close to home and that is this baby formula shortage. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, this program does not work without you. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. My email address is anthonyweiner at AOL.com. Go ahead, mock me for being the last guy with an AOL email address. Um, and we have some calls up on the board. I want to get to them. And a little later, we're going to talk to Curtis about crime and also whether you're going to have to bring sand to the beach when you travel uh, to New York beaches this this summer, and the point I've been trying to make about the baby formula thing is 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 that look, it's complicated and it's serious. And I know we'd like to be able to point fingers and say there's a direct line between what someone did and did not. And 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 make no mistake about it, you don't have to do much research online to find instances where I did that as a member of Congress. Said you know, hey, it's raining this afternoon. It wouldn't be raining if it weren't for the Republicans or. Here's this this price of whatever wouldn't have gone up if it were not for the other side. I get that. But now that I'm sitting here after doing 20-some-odd years in government and now doing – one of the things I want to do on this program is to try to bring a little more context. And, and I think the common sense thing to say here is that these are you know these are the natural outgrowths of, of capitalism. And when, when we let capitalism operate, it's going to often bring us – Cheaper products, it's going to improve our quality of life, it's going to employ us, it's going to give us a higher standard of living. But every once in a while, we're going to have problems like this that are going to arise. Let me hear what you have to say. I'd love to, to get to your calls. We have a lot of them on the line, so let's get to a few of them. First, uh, let's get to Danny in Long Island. Danny, welcome aboard. Good afternoon. I also have an AOL address, by the way. Is there <laughs> any, any reason to change it? I mean, why would I? Why, so anyway, listen. Before I get to the topic of the jour, which is the baby formula, you know, it's funny because we all want the in-between, uh, the, the common sense solution and, and, and the meet halfway. The problem, and I think you're going to agree with me on this, is that my positions as a, as a slightly moderate conservative, the far left has gone so far that the, 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 the agreeable position is no longer agreeable. Where we were 30 years ago, Ed Koch was my mayor and you were the representative. We weren't that far apart. I haven't changed. My opinions haven't changed on some issues national security, isolationism, a lot of financial, but the other side in, in has gone so far to the left that there's no more compromise position. It's like trying to find a compromise between communism and democracy. I'm just using that as an example. I don't mean to say the Democratic Party is, is uh, communist. That, that, that's my problem with where we are now, is that the middle, the middle ground is no longer anywhere even remotely similar to where I was, where, where, you know, where it used to be. So that's, what's the middle ground when you want to teach my kid uh, CRT and all these other things about you know, there is no middle ground now. That would never have been discussed 20 years ago. So about the formula. So obviously I have, I have four grand, I have three grandchildren. I'm about to have five. And I can see now the panic is now set loose. 
And I don't blame any mother for walking in that if they see their particular formula that their kid use, that they don't grab every single bottle. Because you have to have it up at three to six months of age. There's really no alternative if you're not nursing. So I, now the panic is out. So now it's full-fledged. And I do not blame the president of the United States that that plant got shut down for safety reasons. That's why we want our government to exist. However, Representative Stefanik in February, when it happened, sent a letter to the FDA saying, we just lost 30% of our supply. What are we doing to help? And they did nothing. So somewhere along the line in the bureaucracy, which is entirely too big, someone did not see that this was going to happen. Just like now I read in the paper that there's a medical imaging dye that's made in China that we can no longer get because of the lockdown. So people won't be able to get MRIs after another week or two or when they put the ink into your, your blood. So why are well, the, the thing, going back to President Trump, is that regardless of the cost, we have to make products at home. I was willing to pay $50 more for my washing machine to know that I was keeping a family and employed. We, we, are, we are basically subsidizing slave labor all over the country at the sake of our own solid-paying domestic. That's Open up more factories. Let the formula cost a dollar more. I know it's safe. Now, we have to get formula from England or Scotland or something. We don't have yeah, another this is, formula. Uh, it's, it's, it's a disgrace. Well, thank you. I appreciate You know, we could do four shows based on Danny's call. First of all, congratulations on the grandkids. Look, let me just take the, the bit at the beginning because what Danny basically articulated, and thank you so much for the call, was basically the, the sensibility of this exact show is that I believe that a lot of people believe they have not moved – but people are moving around them. And the reason for that is, is there is a perception and you get it here. I won't say it's not the case. You get it here that the extreme represents the mainstream. And that's and to say it's just the left. Look, you we literally had people on the right stabbing police officers on the steps of the Capitol in the name of, of their political uh, philosophy on the right, too. So this is sins on both sides. But let me just 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 take Danny's last point, because it is enormously important. It is. If we really believe what we say, I remember back in the day, Walmart was never a thing here in New York, but Walmart used to have a thing where they had little American flags along their aisles to show that they were what products were made in America because that was their stock and trade. We were going to have American products. When the marketplace became this international thing of how fast can you get it and how cheap can you get it? That changed. And unfortunately, Danny is the exception. Too many people say, wow, I can get a $15 pair of jeans, have it delivered to me overnight without paying postage and sometimes without even paying tax. Huh, I'm going to go ahead and do that without realizing that what then it means is that if someone catches cold at a port in China, it means that your product's going to be delayed or you're not going to get it or it's going to cost you 25% more. And I don't believe that Danny represents where most of people are. I think most people say, hey, I love the idea of having a $300 80-inch TV. I, I love that idea. And they are willing, they, they are not willing to pay an extra 25% to have it made in the United States of America. And the proof is in the pudding. We don't make shoes here anymore. We barely make a, a, apparel here anymore. It is the exception rather than the rule that the clothing on our back is made in the United States rather than, than somewhere else. Um, next, let's go to Bill in Bradley Beach. Yeah, I Anthony. You said, said well, the FDA is under Biden, right? So they, they're the ones that shut it down. Like sure. Danny said, well, Trump, you always want to ask him. He would have talked to the other people making it and said, up uh, your production. Uh, maybe Biden did that. I doubt it. The, then Bi Biden administration is getting it down to the border. So they had a plan for the border. And if he would have had the, uh, it didn't have an open border, and it is open. Don't don't lie about that now. It is open. All them kids that came over and need it now, so they, they've been taking it from the kids that are, are, are here legally. So the illegal people are, and they are illegal when you come over because they're, they're crossing other countries. They're illegal. They're, the first country is supposed to stop that. So that's illegal. And then now you mentioned the um, uh, uh, the, the riot or the fight at the Capitol. That was open a couple hours later. But I, I believe with a, a peaceful protest, them buildings still aren't, or, or there's no buildings left because they were all burnt down, but they were peaceful protest. And he said the guy, was somebody was stabbed now. I guess he, he was like the guy with the uh, fire stinger shirt that was killed, but they, then they found out he wasn't killed by the fire stinger. People had uh, natural causes and some drug drug things, and one Babbitt was 
Okay. Well, let me, Bill, you've, you've, you've got a lot, and I appreciate you calling. Please call us back again. Let me just take a few of these things because you took the time to, to wait on hold and, and make the points. One, yeah, the FDA went in there and said, you gotta, you gotta shut down. Abbott says, Abbott basically closed down willingly in, 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 in their defense. There wasn't an order or anything. And it's not just a matter of going to another one and say ramp up supply. As I said, the baby formula industry, they produce exactly basically what they need because it's a very predictable it's not just throwing a switch and turning it back on yes flagging that you've got a problem is not the same as saying that government has the ability to go and fix the problem secondly this mythology and i see a couple of people on the board about this we can talk about it more if you really want to this mythology that children at the border somehow took baby formula from somewhere else this consent decree that was entered into the flores settlement in 1997 re-entered into in 2015 are not re-entered into, but confirmed by the courts in 2015, says you basically that when when children come over, whether accompanied or unaccompanied, you have to keep them alive. You have to feed them. So they had to provide them with. So the baby form is down there. By the way, the stockpiles that are there today were not put there by Biden. They were put there by the Trump administration. Whatever you think about Donald Trump, I'm no big fan. He fought to get rid of this Flores settlement so that you you didn't have to feed the kids. That and when that. When he lost that case, it's not like he ignored the law. He followed the law and sent food down there to take care of these kids. One final thing, and we did an immigration episode uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm willing to do it again, and I'm willing to take these calls again. Stop saying that these people, the people that are getting or that are crossing over the border are doing so legally. They may not be allowed to stay here legally, but they are legally coming across the border. That's why they're in our custody. They're showing up and saying, I want refugee status. I want asylum. I want protection of the United States government according to our laws. Now, the, it's inefficient. We want to discourage them from coming. We don't have a really great system. The, 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 the uh, uh, members of Congress have not been able to get together to pass a law to hire more administrative officers and judges to process them, but they are not crossing the desert unaccompanied. 95, 99, 100 percent of them that are in our custody now, their children, the way they got into our, our custody was crossing over the border at one of our border crossings and saying, I am here to apply to be in this country lawfully. That's what they're doing here. Um, next, uh, let's uh, let's go to David in New Jersey. David, thank you for holding on. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is David. I'm a pharmacist. Uh, every single day, there's important medicines not available. The, F- the FDA is more involved with diversity, equity, and inclusion, and not involved with uh, securing medicines for people. Most of the medicines are not made in this country. If you go in the pharmacy, almost 90% of the products are overseas. We're in big trouble. And it's going to come now. We're going to be Venezuela. Venezuela has oil, but there's nothing to pump out of the ground. We have oil and we have high prices. They they destroyed the judicial system. We're destroying our judicial system. The only ones that are getting rich, Anthony, are Congress people. They're the ones getting a lot of kickback. They're getting a lot of campaign contribution. The WIC program is a kickback to uh, politicians. They get a lot of money. Why do you think the prices are so high? What do you think when the product was available, baby formula, it was under lock and key because government caused the prices to go up because there was disparity. We were given the WIC program, and all these uh, manufacturers raised the price because they were getting Kick, they had they were getting price they had the control of the market yeah that, that, okay finally david after a long list of things you finally said something <laughs> that's right yes that is true that because they had control of the market because there's only three of these major manufacturers because there there are um there's not a lot of competition and because government has not broken them up has not said we have to introduce competition here Yes, the price are high, but all of that other stuff, kickbacks and wake look, I, I am not great fans of some of my former colleagues, Democrat and Republican, um, but I don't know how WIC is a kickback, how a program that keeps children, um, that helps children survive is a kickback to, um, uh, to, to anyone. Uh, next, let's go to Maria and Tom's River. Maria, what do you have to say about things? Well, hello, Mr. Weiner. Hi, Maria. Okay, I was just listening, before you came on, I was listening to the money show that preceded you. It's a great show. Right. And Steve Forbes was a guest, and he's talking about inflation 
and that throughout history, governments always blame inflation on a scapegoat, that the Romans blame the Christians, the Nazis blame the Jews, etc. So you come on, and you're blaming this the uh, baby formula on, it's all capitalism. It's not it's nothing on Biden and his merry band of incompetent evil, whatever. The, the point is, if they shut down the factory, what are we going to do about it? If Trump was president, I'm sure anybody would agree something would be done under under Mr. Biden and his regime. Nothing's going to be done to fix it. And I fear that this is only the beginning. I think we'll start seeing shortages in medicines and food and everything. That everything is breaking down. It's capitalism's fault. It's not. It's not the administration. No, Maria, fault. Maria, I'm saying you know the point I'm making, and you're kind of doing a little bit about of what I I'm saying here is that you're looking desperately for someone to point a finger at. And I appreciate you calling, Maria. Call us back again. You're looking desperately, and sometimes this is just what happens when you have a capitalist system that tries to get low prices, tries to get products developed and out the door in an efficient way. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of excess capacity, and this is not like other products. This is a product that we absolutely need to have if if you are a parent of an infant. So, you know, you're saying, well, Donald Trump would have done something. Okay. I'm open to suggestions on what you think, like how you think this benefits Joe Biden to not do something to kind of improve the supply of baby formula when when a, a, a company that represents 40 percent of the market can't stay, can't keep up with demand any longer. I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. The point that I'm making is I'm not I'm doing the opposite of scapegoating. I'm saying this is just sometimes stuff happens. It, it does. Sometimes that you can't say, well, if only my congressman was more on the ball. Now, that's not to say that in this year's election, someone is not going to point to his colleague who he's running against and say, you caused the, the, great, the great baby formula shortage of 2022. I'm just saying that this sometimes these types of things are going to happen. Now, sometimes they're avoidable, but the solutions are not things that most politicians want to do. They're not – they don't want to take on these big companies and say that we want to have more competition coming in from overseas, right? Most most politicians say make it in America like the previous caller said. So most people are not going to say raise the cost so we have extra lying around. Most people don't want to do that. Most people are not going to say break up these companies or at least most most politicians won't want to say that. So, I mean, look, there are things we can do. We can have – you know, strong environment, strong protections for consumers, but there's only a limit to it. Every once in a while, when my my constituents would come to me and say, "Congressman, do something," I would say to them, "You know, there's a lot of times that government is not going to solve this problem, and we got into this problem because Abbott made a mistake with its formula. We're going to have to get out of this problem that way." But I just want to make it very clear that if someone within the sound of my voice is dealing with this shortage. They should call their pediatrician and because this is not just a novel political issue for them. Um, we're we're going to go to a break. When we come back, there's another call on the board, a couple of them actually, about this border, the issue of baby formula at the border. So let me spend a little time clarifying that and hearing what people have to say. And soon Curtis will be in. We'll be talking about his proposals for cutting down on crime and also the need for more sand in the Rockaways. It's Anthony Weiner. Thanks for joining us. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. And welcome back. I'm Anthony Weiner. This is Left versus Right. Curtis Lee will be joining us at the top of the hour. We came back with Elvis Presley there. Elvis Costello the time before. You see what we did there? Thank you so much for being part of my afternoon, part of our afternoon here at WABC Talk Radio. If you want to stream this, it's at WABCRadio.com. Please join the conversation, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We are talking about... The baby formula shortage, we're talking about inflation in general, government role in all of this in general. But as with everything, kind of the black hole that the vortex of everything that seems to get get us dragged into sometimes is um, 
is the matrix of immigration into all of these cases. And I um, spent some time a couple of weeks ago talking about immigration and where I think the middle ground exists for that. There's not a lot of political will in the middle of the of the parties for immigration reform. But let's have a little bit of a conversation about how immigration impacts the baby formula shortage. And in Staten Island, you've been very patient. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, thank you. Um, my concern is this, and I understand what you explained about why the formula is down at the border. However, it, it's not even logical to me that there's a, a tremendous supply of baby formula at the border, and the mothers here can't find it because it's on empty shelves. Can't we split it up? Can't we get some of the baby formula that's at the border and bring it here so that mothers here can get it? I mean, it, it's it's not even logical. Yeah, it, it doesn't. You, yeah, it, it isn't as, as simple as – first of all, there's not so much of it down there that, that it's – going to waste and not being used. It's it's being used. For, unfortunately, we do have a problem, and I've talked about this at length. We do have a problem with a lot of families showing up, a lot of unaccompanied minors showing up, a lot of babies, unfortunately, that are showing up that we have to, have to take care of there. And it's also a little bit of a problem that the shortage situation that we have in the United States is not evenly distributed. We have to fight a 40% of the shelves are empty. The question on where they are, some of it, some of the distribution problems are, are half the, are, are the problems. Other people have suggested, by the way, well, why not just have other companies augment what Abbott does? Well, no, a lot of the products that Abbott makes, a lot of the formulas that are made are very specific, have very specific formulations because of children that have certain tolerances and the like. Um, it, it, it's complicated. It's complicated. But yes, if there's, uh, if we know where some is and it's a function of redistributing them, that's part of what, um, what the Biden administration, they convened. All of the, the shareholders, all of the stakeholders in this at the White House this week and are trying to resolve that. But it is not like there's warehouses full of it at the border, but there are some because that's where children are. Um, next is uh, Patty in Connecticut. I don't think, Patty, you want to talk about immigration. Well, yeah. You, you know, earlier, Anthony, I have to call you out on it. Yes, out there and said, oh, well, you know, the Trump administration put the formula down there. No, there was a stay in Mexico policy. Stay in Mexico. We didn't have the problems of 5,000 people showing up under a bridge in Texas. Now, did we? So what do we need all the baby formula down there in the beginning? I mean, I'm sorry. You're talking like a typical liberal politician. Yeah, immigration is complicated. But let me just explain some of the facts here. First of all, the, the, the children that are coming in, we do have a problem of people crossing the border where not at border crossings, meaning people that are trying to come over fences, come under bridges. That's generally not where the children are coming. The children are coming here because unfortunately or fortunately, depending on, on your perspective, we have a, a laws in our country that haven't been changed that give children and families that come here certain rights. That's that's the law. If I believe we should change those laws in, in many ways, I believe we should hire more administrative officers and not require them to all go through courts so it's mon- done much faster. I believe that they should be held, not distributed out in, into the country for months and sometimes years, but for weeks close by at the border. But the laws exist today, and because we don't have a workable middle in our legislatures, in the House and Senate, to fix those things – that is the law that children are not here illegally until they've been deemed illegal and told that they have to leave. In that interim time, under the Flores settlement in 1997 and under the laws of the states of the United States of America, if someone shows up at our border and says, I am here asking to, uh, for protection under U.S. laws, they get a hearing. They are either told yes or no, and then if they are allowed to stay, they're allowed to stay, or they have to leave. Now that process is so long and so lengthy because of the gridlock in Washington that that often takes months, if not years. So, no, that's the, what, what, what the, the previous caller said is you – know, what Patty said – is actually not right. These children are not coming in underneath bridges. They're very often coming in from Honduras, from Guatemala, at our border lawfully. They're not illegal. And I want to say one other thing. Call me a bleeding heart, whatever. If you are a child, if you're three or four years old, and you are hungry, you have committed no crime, I don't care where you're from, we should feed you. Okay, and 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 I this is terrible that we have a shortage of baby formula. That is true. If we have a a child who's crying in 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 Connecticut, in Massachusetts, in New York and California or at the border, that's the case. 
If you're in our country and we're, you're on our charge to take care of you, we should feed you. And that's what the court said. That's what the law says. These are not people who are coming in in different ways. And I know that immigration fires us up. And we're talking about the baby formula shortage here. But there are just some things that just are facts. And I know we want to point fingers. But the fact of the matter is that those children who are coming in, by and large, are coming in following the lawful processes of our country. Uh, Chris in Long Island. Chris, you want to weigh in? Yes, Anthony, uh, definitely want to talk about the baby formula. Just a couple quick things. First of all, congratulations on your, you know, serving your time. Thank you. And Chris. I give you credit. I don't agree with a lot of things you say, but I respect that, you know, you took your medicine and uh, that you're grateful and you show it. And your show is very good, by the way. Thank and like you, I, Chris. I don't agree I... with most anything you say, but anyhow. I appreciate um, it. No, but that being said, um, call me naive. I'm 59 years old. And I grew up, you know, at the end of the baby boomer generation, you know, where there was 10 kids on our block, you know, in some households and this and that. And as I recall, I don't know when it started, but my mother and mothers of my friends, and there was 10 of them in one of the families, they always used regular milk and they heated it up and they served the, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's the way to go. But what I'm saying is, is that a possibility of just taking like regular milk instead of just panicking about like there's no milk here? I mean, Bette Midler, I think, for crying out loud, said, why don't you think about breastfeeding? You know, uh, I, I know it was kind of a flipping comment she made, but I don't know. I think in a way she was saying, listen, we all got to this point with baby boomers where we didn't have formula. And I'm just maybe I'm wrong or tell me where I'm going wrong by just throwing that out there as a temporary solution until we can fix this real problem. Yeah, no, first of all, I appreciate the kind words, Chris. I mean, the, the the challenge is, you know, Chris, baby boomer guy, talking to Anthony, baby boomer guys, about how how a, a woman should take care of, of her infant in 2022. The bottom line is there are a lot of children for whom uh, breast milk is not available, whether it be, be something to de- dealing with the mom, whether it be something to do with their own intolerances. There are many formulas. There are many kids who, who can't have milk of any, over dairy of any kind. Bottom line is, this is a question for, for a pediatrician, question for parents. There's no doubt there is a ton of demand and many families that, that need this. Uh, next up is Sal on Long Island. Sal, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Anthony. How are you? Uh, you have a great show. Thank Listen, you, Listen, we know, we know you don't like Donald Trump. It's okay. But Donald Trump provided us with the ventilators. What's more harder to make a ventilator or a baby formula? I mean... Joe Biden is a uh, Joe Biden is a uh, he's he he can do nothing. He can do he does whatever he's telling him to do. When you know that, you know it's like just you know people will like, like love you a little bit more if you're a little bit more honest. <laughs> Sal, I, I appreciate the call and thank you. But in answer to your question that you started with, what's easier to make a ventilator or baby formula? A ventilator, something that's mechanical that you can look at a plan. Send it to a factory and have them make it is quite different than what goes into a, a to a delicate food product, which is so delicate that it's on the borderline of being a pharmaceutical. Um, and that's why there's only three companies that dominate 94 percent of the market. But this is an important issue. You look, we're talking about we're talking about government competence. We're talking about the baby formula shortage today. We're talking about it, it how it intermingles with other issues about inflation in the economy and capitalism in general. The point that I'm making today is that a common sense position is that, you know what, sometimes government's not going to be the answer to our problem. One of the things I want to, you know, throw out there is an idea, you know. Many people who listen to this program are pretty conservative and traditionally conservatives believe in smaller government and less government intervention in our lives and allowing markets to work. Well, how does that position look today? I'm seriously, you know, a lot of people are on the line waiting to hold to say Biden should do A, Biden should do B, Biden should be C. And I guess what I'm trying to get people to do is take a step back and say, hey, perhaps this is one of those instances if we're going to be intellectually honest with ourselves that when you when you believe in smaller government it believes you're a little, you sometimes are going to have to take your lumps when things like this happen. Um and in Rockland County and what do you want to add to this? Do we still have oh, Anne? Yes, Anthony, hi. Hi, Anne. Yes, I'm here. Okay. So, um with the baby formula, I just want want to say I have a unique position. I'm a wildlife rehabilitator. I have to deal with orphans of all different species. And we got to come up 
with baby formula, and it's all different. But across the board, one of the best natural alternatives and uh, is goat's milk, but it has certain deficiencies, and you have to know this. Folic acid and vitamin B12 and also certain minerals. But if you were a mother and you are looking at your baby and you can't because for whatever reason it's not taking breast milk and it can't take even cow's milk. By the way, the caller who mentioned cow's milk, if you went to the uh, supermarket, got a container of cow's milk and fed it to a baby cow, that cow, that calf would die because they can't, what they do to cow milk, it's, it's unnatural well, the and, way people are drinking it. Well, and we're about to go to break. Thank you very much for checking in. I mean, uh, uh, I frequently wonder what, I was, what I'm going to do when I grow up being a wildlife rehabilitator. Sounds actually pretty cool. Um, apropos of that, that final call, and, and I really appreciate it, and please call us again. I want to hear more about, about your work. You know, I think maybe this is wrong. Maybe I learned this and it's not true. I think we're the only species of animal that gives our children, our, our offspring, milk that's not our own species. Like, well, I think we're the only one that does that. But we're talking about the economy here. We're talking about the baby formula shortage. A little later on, Curtis is going to be here on Left versus Right to talk about his plans for dealing with crime. I'm really grateful to have you joining us on this big day for me and on this big day um, for my family. I hope uh, we can be part of yours for another couple hours. On 77 WABC, we'll see you on the other side. Singer, actor, icon, comedian, and a member of the Rat Pack. It's safe to say Dino's a talent here to stay. Dean Martin was the king of cool. Ladies and gentlemen, Dean Martin. Oh, this Sunday night at 8. Oh, Music Radio 77 WABC presents Dean and Dina Martin's Nightcap. That's amore. So be a pally. Join Dina Martin. For laughs, great music, and Dean Martin. Hello, everybody. On Music Radio. WABC. The 77 WABC online store. Hi, everybody. This is your cousin, Brucey. It's finally happened. Go to the WABCRadioStore.com. Check out the new 77 WABC merchandise. T-shirts, hats, jackets, bags, and much more. Enter discount code Brucey15. Is that a deal? There are so many WABC items. You'll want to go, go, go to WABCRadioStore.com. Go, go. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of WABC Radio, its management, or its sponsors. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. And welcome back. My name's Anthony Weiner. This is Left versus Right. Curtis Sliwa representing the right. I don't know. Right, Left versus Right. We're somewhere in the middle. We're trying to find some common sense, some context for the day's news. It's been a great conversation so far about the really troubling shortage in baby formula. We've had a little departure into some immigration conversation. We can do that again. I, you know, come to think of it, I think we probably should have a greater conversation about immigration because it really is a complicated issue and it does sometimes get shortened so much that we lose sight of how com- complex that it is. Also, I've mentioned that it's kind of a big day for me. Going to be enjoying uh, three game sevens in the NHL playoffs with my son Jordan, who is 10 now. And um, at 12.01 last night, at 12.01, just after midnight, I completed my three years of probation that went with my prison sentence and um, am grateful for every day. Uh, particularly grateful to be here on WABC and have an opportunity to be a little bit of service, have conversations with folks that um, really do care. If you didn't care, you wouldn't be picking up the phone and dialing 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's get a few more calls before Curtis arrives with his magic. Uh, Let's go to Jerry in New York. Jerry, how are you today? Hey, good, Anthony. I just want to show you something, the the left versus the right and the difference. Like when I hear you on the radio – it, it just it infuriates me. I don't understand why a great radio station like WABC that I've been listening to for 35 years 
would put you on the radio. I can't understand it for the life of me. Uh, you're a, a child predator, but I, I'm not going to force or, or, or make it so that we remove you from the radio. Just this will be the last that I hear your voice going forward. And I wonder why John Katsimatidis even allowed this. Seems like a decent guy. I don't mind liberals and their opinions, but to have you on the radio again is not good for New York. Well, I appreciate Jerry, and, and I'm glad you called. On, and believe it or not, I hope you call back again. I hope you listen to the program. I mean, in my own defense, I think that I have something to offer. I have 20 some odd years of experience on the government side. I've got a little experience here on the media side, but I am not everyone's cup of tea. There is no doubt about that. Uh, next, let's go to Robert in Long Island City. Hello, hello, Mister Winner. Hello. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm well, Robert. Thank you. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Hi, you. Basically, the ones to be going is illegal immigration because they're coming in need, and we have a shortage. This is demand and supply. Trust me. I live in a property here in Long Island City, and if these people are coming, our taxes are going up. Real estate property taxes. You know why? They gotta be more school. They have to build more schools and pay for professors and teachers. I appreciate it, Robert. Yeah, when when more people come, whether they be People from other countries or people who are just moving from other parts of the country, it does put uh, strains, uh, a, a, a strain on things. Um, next is Ron in Long Island. Ron, go ahead and weigh in. Anthony. Hello. Hey, Ron. Go ahead, buddy. How you, do- how you doing? Listen, uh, about that, that last call that you just got, I mean, the guy was a little heavy with you. You're not my cup of tea either, but I'm not going to put you down. You're trying to get your life back together. Doing what you got to do. You got a great job now. God bless you. Thank but you. that's not why I'm calling. What I'm calling about is I don't understand. You sound like a very intelligent person to me. I never met you, but you sound very intelligent. So with that being said, what I don't understand is with all these people in politics and government, lawyers, ex-lawyers, whatever you want to talk about, congressmen, senators, how come nobody sees that Biden is blatantly trying to take over the United States from inside? We're not being attacked from outside. We've been attacked from within. And anybody who can't see that to me is blind. Blind. And if unless something does something about this, this country's going to have a civil war like they've never seen in their life. And you know that as well as I do. So does everybody. You can't keep doing this. You know, you can smack a dog so many times in the mouth before he bites you. And that's what's happening to American people. Well, I appreciate it, Ron. And thank you for calling in. Call us again. Look, I don't believe that Democrats or Republicans are trying to destroy our country. I don't believe I believe the fundamental ethos of this program is that there are people on the far left and far right for whom This conversation is one of purity, but I think that for a lot of people, and the way I break it down is about 50% of the country is strongly partisan. They believe in democratic values. They believe in Republican values. They vote that way, but they're open to having a conversation. They're opening to hear new ideas. And then there's about 30% who have just completely checked out because they believe that this is not on the level. And what we try to do here on 77 WABC Talk Radio is tell them that, yes, it is. That we want to have conflicting ideas. We want to have different ideas because that's what makes our country go around. Coming up after the uh, break, we are going to hear from Curtis Lee, who is going to tell us about his ideas on crime and why you may need to bring your sand to the beach this summer. This is Anthony Weiner. Thanks for joining us.